Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Gonna tell it like it really is. We know Haney doesn't give a shit. Silencing critics, eliminate misses. Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better. Everybody knows the name. Read about it. We're golf teachers, Hall of Fame. Never doubt it. It's time for the truth. Here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. It's time for the truth, here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. Listening to Haney. Hey, everybody, welcome into the Hank Haney Podcast. Minnesota Tim Parashka presenting the Sunday Best of Edition, which I call the Sunday Sizzle. So, going back to last Sunday, Hank and I reacted to Hudson Swafford's victory in the Coralix Punta Cana which got him an invitation to the 2021 Masters, and it was his first victory since the 2017 Career Builder Challenge. Hank and I reacted to that last Sunday. You can go to last Sunday and hear the full podcast about the Corrales Punta Cana. Minnesota Tim, it was a big, big sports weekend. I don't know if I would call it a big, big golf weekend. What, what about you? Are you being disrespectful to the Corrales Punta Cana? It's the Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. Yeah, that's the big one. When I, when I saw the name of it, like Club Championship, obviously it's the Punta Cana Resort and Club. But when they call it the Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship, it made me think that it was like a club championship. 
like a regular country club championship. Yeah. And the field was pretty much like it was the, actually it could have been the tour championship fourth or fifth flight. <laughs> is what I kind of thought it was because when I was looking through the names of the people that were in this tournament, I was interested to find out who the highest-ranked player in the world would be. Did you happen to check that out? I did check that out. It was Henrik Stenson, 43rd in the world, is the name that I found. And behind that, I... I don't know who we had. We had uh, Mackenzie Hughes at 54th in the world, sliced bread. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Huge sliced bread. Big name. Yeah. Big name. He, well, he's, he's coming on. He finished, uh, you know, he made it to the FedEx Cup uh, championship, the uh, tour championship. I think he ended up finishing like 14th. So that was, that was pretty good. He actually had a chance to win this Punta Cana. I did not come through in the clutch. You're, you're a big fan of, of watching guys choke. So you, you, you had to. Uh, enjoy the the finish there. I, I actually watched the finish. I, I cannot tell. I cannot lie though. I cannot tell you that I was glued to the television watching the Punta Cana Club Championship. I cannot say that, but I did switch over to watch the exciting conclusion of the Punta Cana, looking for the big names. Uh, you know, I saw uh, Adam Long. Had a chance to win, 69th ranked player in the world. I saw on the scoreboard that Charles Howell was there. My buddy uh, Pat Perez was playing there. Pat's dropped all the way to 159th in the world, by the way. Uh, I saw Sam Burns. He was a recognizable name, 166th in the world. And and, uh, Hudson Swafford. Now, he was out last year with an injury. It's his second PGA Tour win. He had won in 2017 at the uh, uh, Bob Hope or Career Builder or American Express or the Bill Clinton or the uh, Phil Mickelson, whatever they call that out in the uh, Palm Springs desert. But he, he's, he won that in 2017. And he picks up his uh, second win. Exciting. Exciting. Made a big putt on the last hole. I watched it. Yeah, eight-footer for par. He came in. The, he, his, his feels came through for him in the clutch. F- big feels. How, how many people do you think were watching that on the Golf Channel, by the way? Uh, that's a great question. I would say that the rating got below a point zero five. What, what, what is, is that as low as you can go? I don't because know. If, probably. Because if it's as low as you can go, it's got a chance to be correct. But if it's not as, if it's not as low as you could possibly be, you're off on your number. Actually, did you see the ratings for the U.S. Open, which were horrendous? Really? I did not see that. Oh, they were terrible. I, I saw it on uh, Jeff Shackelford had them up there. It was just like awful. Of course, they're going up against NFL. And listen, nobody wants to go up against the NFL. So that's one of the good things the PGA Tour has done is, is get out of their way with their scheduling. But they're not really out of their way with their scheduling because the PJ Tour never stops. This, this, this whole thing is the tour schedule is just, I think it devalues the PJ Tour when they put on events like this. And then, it, like, like I'm looking at this thing, you know how they love to push the FedEx Cup? That's their big thing, right? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Hudson Swafford's projected second in the FedEx. Okay, standings. now that's – come on, seriously. He, uh, let, let's, let's just be serious for a second. How in the world does Bryson DeChambeau win the U.S. Open, okay, and get 600 FedEx Cup points, which is the biggest thing in the world because that's all we hear about all year long is this – FedEx Cup, FedEx Cup, FedEx Cup. It drives you crazy how many times they mention the FedEx Cup. FedEx Cup this, FedEx Cup that. It's all FedEx Cup. The great championship. Dustin Johnson's, uh, you know, a, a lifelong dream was to win the FedEx Cup. Uh, you know, is one thing on his uh, resume that was missing. He's, he did, you know, he's won every year he's been on tour. He won the major championship when he won the U.S. Open at Oakmont. But the only thing that he's missing is the FedEx Cup champion. Of course, then they interviewed him and he said, he said, uh, you know, he didn't really care, but, but, uh, they, they pushed that and pushed that and pushed that. But anyway, Hudson Swafford gets 500 FedEx Cup points and they give uh, Bryson DeChambeau a hundred FedEx Cup, I guess a bonus of a hundred points for the major championship when the, <laughs> there isn't, there, there's like, Three players inside the top hundred in the world playing in this tournament. That's that, that's that's weird. I think I just think I, it just devalues the tour. I don't know. What do you do? You think it does or not? I mean, I it definitely does. Come on, let's be serious here. I completely agree, Hank. I compare it to the NFL playing three hundred and sixty-five weeks or fifty-two weeks out of the year. Um, basically, staying relevant all year. The NFL doesn't substitute practice squad players to continue playing in the spring and the summer. They take a break. They have an off season. They generate the excitement. There's 16 weeks. Every week is a valuable week in the NFL. On the PGA Tour, there are so many weeks that are just not very valuable to the consumer. I mean, you yeah. got the you got four relevant weeks. The Players' Championship, that's a relevant week. The Ryder Cup, that's a relevant week every other year. So there's just so many irrelevant weeks on the PGA Tour every year, and this is one of them, and they're oversaturating events. Yeah, this Commissioner Monaghan, this guy must be like the biggest snakes oil salesman in the world. I mean, how he gets people to fork over. Now, this wasn't a big purse, you know. You know uh, Swafford won 720000 or something. You know, usually they win like a million uh, two. Uh, so it's about, you know, almost half a purse. But but still, I mean, at the U.S. Open, uh DeChambeau won like two and a half million or 2.2 million. So this was not a big purse, but still somebody forked over a lot of money. Uh, they got, I mean, I don't know what they got out of it because nobody watches the golf channel. Uh, nobody really watches the golf channel during uh, NFL. Uh, if the U.S. Open on NBC, you know, got, they, they got, I think I read they got the equivalent of like a, I don't know, like the the worst NFL game on TV, or or uh, maybe it was an NFL exhibition game, or you, you know, you mentioned how, how they don't put practice squad players into the NFL. This is worse than that, Tim. This is like you know, right in the middle of the season, we're gonna uh, play a, a game with with like replacement players, and we're gonna count it in the standings. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I pulled it up here. 1.99 uh, Sunday uh, rating at the uh, 
uh, U.S. US Open. Open. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Golf Channel, the, the Golf Channels, by the way, uh, on the Golf Channel, uh, point, uh, this is uh, on uh, Sunday morning, point four one. I mean, it's not even like negligible. I mean, they can't even find a, a, a number for it. Of course, the Golf Channel always tells you they had, you know, so many people, but, 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 but it actually a point oh three. Uh, they're, they're, uh, live from this was, how about this? The live from, which is their recap show on the, uh, golf channel on Sunday after the U S open got 171,000 viewers. I mean, that's background TV, Tim. That's nothing. I mean, 171,000, nothing, but, but this one, what do you think this one got? Oh my gosh. Punta, Punta Cana. This thing, nobody watched this thing. No, but Hudson Swaffer got in the masters 2021 though. 2021. He's not in the 2020 because uh, you know they got the the whole thing got all screwed up with the invite. And, and by the way, I mean, I've never heard it. They, they're not going to let Daniel Berger in, are they? No, I don't think they hire in the Masters. And the guys like the uh, you know, I mean, he's just one of these uh, slip through the cracks kind of thing. But the guy's 13th in the world. He's not not playing in the Masters. He's been one of the best players. Since the COVID comeback, and he's not not in the, the Masters. Does that Hudson bother you Swafford. a little bit? You know, I don't think it's right. I mean, they're worried about the size of their field. They should tell one of those old guys not to play. I mean, because, you know, your past champions can play forever. These guys play out. They go out there. They shoot, you know. Uh, you know, it's an, they wait until they're shooting about 80. And then they say, okay, this will be my last year. Maybe 79. This will be my last year. I mean, they should just, they should say, hey, guys, we got a little COVID thing this year. We can't have as many people in the tournament. Uh, how about you just sit this one out? I, I don't know. I, I, I yeah, I, I don't think it's right that Berger's out and, uh, you know, but Swafford's in next year. Berger's 13th in the world. He's not playing. Swafford's in next year. He plays in this mini tour event. I mean, basically, is what this thing was web.com or whatever they call it, Corn Ferry, something like that. I don't know. It's just, uh, it doesn't make you know he played good 65 67 69 69 it was a choke fest at the end uh they you know they couldn't couldn't get it finished he ended up leaving his putt like eight feet short 10 feet short made a good putt you gotta give him credit for that in the second clip which aired on monday last week hank reacts to mike davis retiring from the usga after 32 years with the organization you can go to monday's podcast and hear that entire episode Davis was instrumental in guiding the game through sometimes turbulent period, including the anchored putting ban. Okay, uh, well, how do you do on that, by the way? Why is that so turbulent? Why is the anchored putting ban turbulent? And, and how did he guide it through? What, what, what did he do? I mean, he screwed it all up. Nobody wanted it. The PGA of America with, uh, you know, Ted Bishop was the CEO of the PGA, and, uh, you know, 26,000 PJ members all didn't want it. I uh, didn't want him to put the anchoring ban in there because it, it hurts people that have the yips. And these are people that, you know, enjoy playing golf. They had a way to play. Uh, they could anchor the putter and they could not yip it as bad. And they could actually enjoy the game. There was nothing, you know, this is all about grow the game. You always hear about grow the game, grow the game. Well, you're not growing the game when you're taking people out of the game. And and he, they were against that. The PGA Tour didn't want it. I don't know what the LPGA stance was, but the PGA Tour didn't want it. I don't think the LPGA Tour, and I don't think anybody wanted it except for Mike Davis. And so so he he he, he botched that thing up. And, and by the way, they're still anchoring. 
I mean, Bryson DeChambeau had, you know, was anchored right up to win the U.S. Open. I mean, the thing's right on his forearm. How's that not anchoring? It's not anchored to his body. It's anchored to his arm. I guess your arm's not part of your body. I don't know. I mean, it. it okay, so he's taking credit for for that. That's not what's what's great about that. Then I love this part: challenges created by equipment advances. What what have they done that's been good about that? You got anything? No. I mean, I thought that we got the the golf balls. You know, the distance that the ball's going. These guys are driving at 350 yards. I, you know what I heard right now? I heard Bryson DeChambeau is practicing right now with a 48-inch driver. Seriously, Tim. I mean, he, he, he just dominated the U.S. Open, shot a, you know, the massacre at Wingfoot, seven over par one when Hale Irwin won there, uh, six over when Ogilvy won, uh, DeChambeau, uh, shoots uh, six under par. He, he just destroys the place. And driving at 350 yards, bombs away, bomb and gouge. Uh, you know, I'm not against it. Nothing. I'm not saying I am. It's just, it, 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 it's just, you know, that's what happened. And, uh, you know, now he's, and he's, I don't know what he's using, like a 45 and a half inch driver or something, 40, I don't know, 46 inch. I don't know. He's bombs away. The guy hits it forever. He's, he's so strong. He swings so fast. He trains so hard. I give him all the credit in the world. But he he's he's trying out a forty eight inch driver, which is the legal limit for for length. Uh, his goal he wants to be driving at four hundred going into Augusta. Four hundred. He's gonna he's gonna go out there. To, he, who knows what he's gonna shoot? Because because it's an, this is an all or nothing. This is a swing for the fences and hope he hits some home runs this week. But he's gonna he's gonna be out there bombing that thing. He's gonna be hitting it out there where Tiger used to hit it before they moved all the tees fifty yards back. Uh, and it'll, it'll that'll be interesting. I mean, it's a par sixty-eight for him for sure. I mean, uh, you you what after after this next uh, uh, Augusta, you know, the one in November, uh, they'll be pushing that tee back so fast on number thirteen. I already saw the pictures on uh, JeffShockford.com. They got the, the it all uh, graded out back there. Trees all around it. They're ready to go. They're going to push that tee back way back. We'll wait till he gets done. He's going to be hitting wedge into that hole on every day. Any, anyway. Uh, Mike Davis has, has uh, you, you know, helped uh, guide the game through turbulent times with equipment advance. They haven't done anything with that. They dropped totally 100%, dropped the ball. Everybody knows it. Uh, the governing bodies of golf dropped the ball. The governing bodies of golf, USGA, RNA, they totally dropped the ball on the distance issue. Nicholas has been talking about it for 35 years. Uh, Gary Player, Lee Trevino, Arnold Palmer. I mean, every they all talked about it, and 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 they. So what? What did he do great on that? He didn't do anything great on. It. He screwed it all up, is what he did. And now he's leaving. He's leaving it to somebody else. I mean, the really tough thing. There's one really tough thing that this guy had to do in his tenure. One thing. One thing. One thing. One tough thing, and that was get this get this under control. This whole distance thing under control that everybody talks about all the time, and he's leaving before it's done. And, and, and you want to write an article and and pat this guy on the back for for what? For what? COVID nineteen. What does that have to do with anything, Tim? Tell me. I want to know it. I got Just, nothing. I got what, the what, what, what could that have to? No, no. Seriously, why? Why does COVID golf's booming, Tim? You know it. What's golf like in Minnesota this year? It was packed. 
Okay, it's a, it's the biggest year they've ever had. Yeah, it is. Okay, why is COVID an excuse for for golf is booming? It's booming. It's a, it's the best year golf's ever had. Is that because of Mike Davis? Is is golf booming no. because of Mike Davis? Yeah. No, hell no. Had not have anything to do with it. Nothing. But 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 I'm just saying golf's booming. Why 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 can you say oh we can't we're 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 slowing down our uh, distance debate project or whatever the thing is they got going. And we're, we're uh, you know, uh, ha- we're, we're not going to worry about that right now because we got COVID to worry about. What, what do you got to worry about? Golf's booming. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the logic for why COVID has stopped you from doing your whatever it is you're going to do with the golf ball and the golf clubs. I don't understand it. it, it the, lo- the logic just escapes me. I don't get it. I mean, golf's golf's doing great. Well, why? Because you know, you, you got to wear a mask. You can't. You, you can't make your decision on what you're going to do with the golf ball. It, it just. It, it, that, that's the biggest excuse. Everybody uses that excuse. You know. Yeah. I mean, you go order something, and it's you know, it doesn't come. They go COVID. You know, you. You know, everything's COVID. 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 You know, sometimes it's 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 an excuse, but geez, come on. For for this, we can't make a decision. Why you can't have a meeting? You can't you, you can't put people on Zoom conference. What? What? I don't understand it. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And now they they're putting this you know they're doing this thing at Pinehurst, the golf house at Pinehurst. Oh jeez, seriously? Do you think anybody's going to go? I mean, honestly, I think it's great for. I love Pinehurst. I started off in Pinehurst. I met Mark O'Meara in Pinehurst. I thought it's you know. My mother still lives in Pinehurst. I love Pinehurst. Pinehurst is one of my favorite places in the world. Love Pinehurst. But if you think anybody's going to go to this golf house museum in Pinehurst, you are crazier than than all get out. They had the World Golf Hall of Fame. The World Golf Hall of Fame. It was actually pretty darn nice, I thought. World Golf Hall of Fame. World Golf Hall of Fame in Pinehurst. That's the whole thing. The everything. The, the every tournament in the world. Every player in the world. They're, this is like a. They're putting a U.S. Open, uh, you know, museum, a USGA museum. What? What? What's that? I mean, it, it, you know, Bobby Jones and you know, it's just it's 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 a it's a little it's a it's a little bit of what the World Golf Hall of Fame is. The World Golf Hall of Fame is down the street. You know, you just go down the highway. It's it's in Jacksonville. They're, they're, nobody's going to go to this thing. I mean, they're, they're just not. They didn't go to the World Golf Hall of Fame in Piners. That's why they closed it down. Nobody went. So this is their big thing they're going to they're gonna do. The only time people go to Piners to play golf. They don't go to Piners to go, you know, look at pictures on a wall. They just don't. Now, when it rains and you got nothing else to do, because there's not a lot to do other than golf and Piners. If it's rain, if you got a rainy day, you'll have a few people over there. Hey, what else? we got nothing else to do. Let's go look at this thing. Let's go look at the Mike Davis Museum. Let's go check it out. Other than, but this is on. We got we got three things that they can come up with that the guy did. Anchoring ban. He screwed it up. Equipment advances. He screwed it up. Uh, COVID, uh, you know, and, and then the golf house at Pinehurst. Well, would, would, nobody's going to go to the thing <laughs> anyway. 
I would say, Hank, that golf is booming this year because of the simplified rules of the game that Mike Davis oh, instituted. Oh, serious. You're, now you're screwing with me. There's no, <laughs> he, they're, they're, they're taking credit for that, too. Well, yeah, they're simplified rules. What, what, what are they done? What are they? Tell me what they are. You play, you've played a lot this summer. What, what do, you, do, do a lot of people talk about the rules, new rules, drop from your knee, look like you're curtsying when you do it? All the time. All the time. No, play the ball no, as it lies. Rule nobody one. said one word. Play the ball as it lies. Rule number one, no, my geez. favorite rule. You, you're a fluffer. You move the ball. <laughs> well, there's an exception to the rule. You move the ball. Anyway, this is this is what they they say. That's a big accomplishment. I don't I don't feel like they went far enough on the the rules to go up. They didn't, you know. That's their great modernization. Like this is a like this is a once in a lifetime deal. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna make our we're gonna really modernize. The problem is this this organization is stuck so far in the dark ages that when they modernize, they're still thirty years behind. I mean, they just go from being 50 years behind to being 30 years behind. Let's take a quick pause and hear from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough. 
that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. This third clip comes from Tuesday's podcast. Hank had his good friend and PGA Tour Champions player, Tommy Armour III, on his podcast. And the guys talked about the current players today, the strategy played on the PGA Tour today, and also gave advice to amateurs on how they can improve their golf game. You can go to Tuesday's podcast and hear this entire episode. Uh, he's the grandson of the uh, legendary Tommy Armour and uh, one of the good guys in golf. So I'm uh, pleased to have him on the Hank Any podcast. What have you been doing? You've been practicing? No, I've, you know, I've kind of got a rib. Well, actually, I got kind of a mid back kind of uh, some arthritis that's kind of uh, bound up like. T eight nine, so I've got kind of pinching a nerve a little bit, which is running across the my rib cage, which is kind of an interesting whole thing. Not good. So uh, no, it's been uh, it's a little trying, but it's uh, getting better, and we're doing some stuff to kind of get some space in there where it's not pinching as much. You know, getting old's not for pussies. No, it's not, is it? It's, uh, I, I wake up every day. I'm like, oh my God, I am so sore. It's like, uh, right. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. I, I, what happens is it seems like you just get, uh, it just keeps getting worse, but you just keep getting more used to it. I, I don't think it ever gets any better. No, you just get your pain threshold rises. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty, pretty much it. What, uh, so you haven't been able to play. Uh, no, not much. Uh, you know, it's kind of happened a little bit, kind of like when I was in Michigan and I was playing pretty good there and those things kind of, kind of evolved. Uh, you know, I kind of felt it kind of a second round in Michigan and, uh, in Detroit. And then, uh, you know, I felt it pretty good there on the Sunday there and I didn't play that good. And it's just, I really haven't been able to play since then. Wow, I mean, you play more golf than anybody. So that's uh, what do you what, what do you what do you what do you do when you can't play golf? Uh, you know, I'm very idle. <laughs> <laughs> very idle. <laughs> very idle. I don't play golf. Uh, you know, I've been watching it and uh, uh, go out to the golf course and kind of putt and stuff a little bit, but. Um, you know, I'm very idle. Yeah. What? Uh, all right. So speaking of very idle, while, while you're watching it, let's uh, let's let's talk about the U.S. Open. Uh, give me give me your uh, your your thoughts. I don't know. Let's start off first with uh, how uh, Wingfoot played. I mean, Wingfoot plays how it always plays. It's tough. You know, it's it's uh, it's tree tight. It's rough tight, and it's. Um, you know, if you're not hitting fairways out there, 
it kind of compounds the problem yeah. unless you're hitting it in the rough way down there and you've got you've kind of um you know you can kind of uh you know because there's a lot of room at wingfoot to run shots up so you can if if you're on the right sides of the fairways you can run kind of shots up onto those greens and and uh, you know play that course so were you surprised that the the uh strategy worked i mean the, obviously the long hitters matthew wolf uh, that strategy has always worked throughout time yeah so it's nothing nothing new nothing new long hitters always have had an advantage always and it will remain that no matter what they do with the ball rough courses or anything the longer you are the better and what about what about when they say that they say they say like you know grow the rough and that'll take your advantage away it doesn't seem like that's the case well it just it it does it just changes the scores right i mean long hitters still hit it further down there in the rough and short hitters you know, hit a little bit more fairways just because of, you know, the speeds of their clubs coming through the ball, which their dispersion is not as much as a guy, a guy swinging the club 115 miles an hour and a guy swinging the club 130 miles an hour. You know, the dispersion's greater with more speed. Yeah, yeah. But the the the, the long guy's got wedge out of the rough. So, I mean, I, you know, no matter, you can't grow the rough too deep for a wedge, can you? Right, and the guy swinging 115 mile an hour, I mean, he's not going to hit every fairway, so when he's in a rough, he's got an eight iron or something, and it's just the the number game all of a sudden over, you know, the the course of a tournament, the numbers work against you, and that's that's where you have, you know, that's where you get your winners, you know, Matthew Wolf. Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson, yeah. they, I mean, they they kind of distance themselves a little bit on the, you know, you know, uh, Wolf kind of didn't have a great back nine, but those two were definitely had distanced themselves from the field. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. Okay, so so the they you know still talking about this roll the ball back thing. It's been going on forever. Nicholas was uh, has been on the USGA for. 35 years talking about this. But Nicholas was a guy that hit it long when he played. Yeah, I know. I mean, he was, when, when, throughout his, from his 20s to his 30, mid, late 30s and 40s, early 40s, he was very long. So, I mean, you know, he, he gradually got a little shorter as he got older, height and distance. And, um, but it, it, same thing. I mean, Greg Norman was very long. I mean, yeah, Tiger. There's only been a couple. There's, Tiger was very long. There's only been a couple of guys that have been number one in the world that weren't real long. Yeah, you know, like Nick Faldo, Curtis Strange, but you can't really come up with too many more that weren't pretty long. Yeah, good, good, good point. So if they, if they ever do something with the ball or the clubs. I I mean, what do you think the effect is going to be? Is it going to is it gonna hurt? The- <laughs> the, the short guys will still be short and the long guys will still be long yeah. no matter you know, if you use a shorter ball, the short guys are gonna hit it shorter and the long guys are gonna hit it shorter, but they'll still have the the uh you know, this uh, the distance between the short guys and the long guys. Yeah, yeah. So it's not it, it, but but maybe they're gonna all it's gonna do is make it harder for the shorter guys to play good. You think so? 
I think so. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, you make uh, you make uh, a course a lot long for Marikawa. He's gonna have, he's not, you know he's gonna have a few more problems than he hasn't had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where he's care where he's carrying bunkers at two eighty right now. Yeah, and that's kind of a short hitter. You know, when you when you hit it carrying bunkers at two eighty and can't quite carry a two ninety five bunker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would talk talk to me about his game a little bit? What do you think? I think his game is very solid. I mean, I played a, a little bit with him, and uh, hits it very straight. He, he's a very good iron player. Um. You know, I always, I always kind of look to people's fundamentals and kind of see uh, because you know I'm always, I'm always interested to see each guy's fundamentals as they come along and their grips and their just kind of how their body works. And uh, his grip for me is not great, but you know, but that's just me. Yeah, uh, he's certainly, he's certainly played very well with. It his setup and everything yeah but you know PGA, it's just like jordan's, J- jordan's speech grip is not that great for me either yeah yeah you've all you've always been on that yeah i think matthew wolf's grip is very good and uh, um victor hovland his grip looks really good so i mean i just think that you know grips grips aren't a fundamental but i think they're kind of like a signature of you know how you paint your shot how you write your shots that was a big thing for your uh grandfather was big on the grip wasn't he he was he was uh he was it's the only thing that really connects you to the club so. yeah 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 well you, i mean you've always had one of the classic grips in golf i mean uh where, where'd you learn that i mean was that something you learned when you were a kid or what um my, you know my dad kind of showed it to me and uh uh, first guy I ever worked with, Steve Kim, who's now in the architect business and stuff. He kind of showed me, and and I just kind of always worked on my grip, and it kind of just my dad. My dad had a really good grip, and he was a he was a he was a good country club golfer. He won the club championship uh, three times in three different decades. So he said he had longevity, and he lost in the finals three times. So he was a solid golfer. I mean, you know, he was a mid single digit handicapper for a doctor which is good yeah yeah you know he always he had a good grip and you know he always just kind of stressed basic fundamental you know your basic pga posture grip and alignment let's take a quick pause and hear from our sponsors hi i'm michael rapaport and i'm kibi rapaport and together we're hosting rapaport's Rappaport's reality Reality Podcast. podcast We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. This final clip comes from Thursday's podcast. Hank had the fake Mike Davis on, and these guys had a hilarious chat about all of the instrumental decisions that Mike Davis has made. This is the fake Mike Davis filling in for the real Mike Davis. You can go to Wednesday's podcast and hear this entire episode. I don't think the guy's done a good job. I really don't. I actually had him on my uh, radio show one time, and I've talked about this before. And we are interviewing him, or I was attempting to interview him. Now, let, let's let's just understand that that you know, I mean, I am not uh, Howard Stern on the interview, or Christopher Russo, or I mean, I just you know, this is I'm a golf pro, and this guy comes on, and of course, I've got all these questions I want to ask him, and he comes on, and he he just starts. Going into this dissertation, like, you know, you know how they do. The politicians do the same thing. Uh, you know, you'll see it in the, in the, in the debates. I mean, they, they just, uh, they get asked the question, but then they answer however they want to answer. And it doesn't, at halftime, it doesn't have anything to do with the question. They just go off on this, this tangent for a certain amount of time. Well, Mike Davis did this to me. And he, I mean, literally, he, he never had a pause, uh, a, a period a comma, an exclamation point, uh, a, a new paragraph. No, he just he just went from one sentence to the next, just on and on and on and on. 
uh, talking about whatever he wanted to talk about, just literally just ran me right over him. It was like a bus, you know, he just, he bust me, bust me, ran me over, then put it in reverse and came and ran me over again. Uh, I, I, I never got a follow-up question in and anything. Well, anyway, you know, I figured, okay, that's my one chance to interview this, uh, you know, this idiot. But, um, you know, never got never got uh, an answer on anything. Just uh, telling me whatever you know he wanted he wanted to talk about. So anyway, ever since then, I've had uh, I figure, well, I'm not going to interview this guy anymore. There's no sense, not even an interview. He just goes on there and talks about whatever he wants to. Him. He's never going to talk to me. He knows I can't stand him. And uh, so, w- what's going to happen is is you know from now on we're gonna we're gonna have the fake Mike Davis on. And we and we had this this fellow that called in and he and, and he said he was the fake Mike Davis. And he started answering questions, you know, like he was Mike Davis and you know, which is all the the you know answers that you uh, hear that aren't really answers. And anyway, it was pretty funny. It really was. So the fake Mike Davis uh, has continued to follow me. Uh, since we were over here on uh, iHeartRadio and uh, doing the podcast. And the fake Mike Davis is going to talk today about uh, his pending retirement in 2021. The fake Mike Davis joins us now on the Hank Any Podcast. So how are you doing today, uh, Mike Davis, fake Mike Davis? Well, Hank, it's uh, a great day at USGA headquarters. I'm glad that you called. And to answer your question, we're doing great. You are. Thank you for asking. All and right. how are you? I'm doing good. And we're uh, we're recording right now. For the record. Oh. Yeah. We're we're recording. Yeah. Are we on the air? No, we're going to be on the podcast. Hank Haney podcast. I'd love to talk to some of your callers. <laughs> well, they're, they're, we don't have any callers. We have uh, we have people that listen to the podcast. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I thought I thought maybe well at least you've got some devoted listeners because every time Oh yeah. Every time I'm on your show I get uh hundreds of emails you do congratulatory notes from your listeners about how much they appreciate the USGA and oh, do what they? we've done for the game of golf. A lot of a lot of people that are members of the USGA? Uh, most of your most of the ones that respond to us of course are members of the USGA. Very Nominal fee, $25 per year. Uh, thank you for letting me get that plug in. You ever thought about upgrading that? Yeah, ever thought about upgrading that uh, dollar uh, made in China uh, paper uh, hat you, you give out with that membership? You ever thought about upgrading that? Maybe get an imperial hat or something like that? We also give a very nice plastic bag tag, <laughs> which is uh, suitable for impressing Everyone in your foursome. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, that that's very impressive. Yeah. In case you forget who you are while you're in the middle of your round, or what? Well, it just shows your loyalty to the game of golf and uh, your loyalty to the rules of golf and how we've improved the rules of golf. Boy, you've really you you've definitely improved the rules of golf. Well, I read this article the other day about how uh, your days uh, are winding down at the USJ. Uh, that was uh, it. Was an interesting article, very sugary filled. Uh, you probably got uh, somebody to write it that just uh, 
you know, would write exactly what you want. As a matter of fact, I thought the first line of it was great. Just great. Classic, um, classic you. Uh, in deciding to leave his job as chief executive officer of the United States Golf Association, a decision Mike Davis made for himself without being pushed by others, he has been guided by a simple principle. Wow. That's something else right there. Nobody pushed you, huh? It was a tough decision, one of the toughest decisions I've ever had to make, Hank. But uh, I'm looking at the game of golf and looking at how far we've come in the last 10 years under my leadership. I decided that, um, you know, every so often you have to do something different. And I've chosen to chase a lifelong dream, and I've put it off too far uh, or for too long, pardon me. So. Uh, I'm going to get back into one of my first loves in golf, and that is designing golf courses. Really? And you've never designed a golf course, though? Well, no, I've never designed a golf course, but, you know, like many people, I've jotted down holes and things. Yeah, doodling, it said in the article. Speech. It says you used to doodle. Yeah, you doodle. You're a doodler. Do you still doodle? Haven't we all? What's your favorite? Haven't, haven't uh, we all? Yeah, you, you, have a, you have a whole golf course you've doodled, or you just doodle holes or like yeah every little kid doodles but i never heard of a grown man doodling well i think most golfers would like to design a few holes maybe even a course but uh like everything that i've ever put my mind to i usually excel at it so uh, i wouldn't call it just doodling <laughs> oh I would man call Espe it especially like course setup you're, you excel at that but course setup like when you screwed up shinnecock and chambers bay and uh, you know, every every other one you screwed up. I mean, every Hank, year. let's uh, let's let's take a look at the past champions for the last ten years. All um, right, let's look at them. All right, let's go backwards here. We've got Bryson DeChambeau. How do you, hey, by the way, Gary let's start. Let, let let's let's stop right there. How do you feel about him destroying your Wingfoot? What did you think about that? Wingfoot is my home course. Oh, it and, is. Uh, it's a lovely piece. I'm a member there. Okay. And in fact, a uh, funny backstory, if you've got time sometime, we can talk about uh, Jerry Tardy being in my member guest <laughs> and what happened during that. But yeah, at any rate, um, Jerry Tardy, the, the the editor of uh, Golf Digest is who you're talking about. Yeah. Editor he happens to be a friend Digest. of mine. Yeah, very, good, very good friend of mine. Yeah. Oh, really? Member guest. Was okay. My partner, as a matter of fact. He was. Oh, geez. I didn't know that. Wow. I, you know, I, I, pl I played with, I played with Jerry Tardy and David Faye, your predecessor at the USJ, uh, at Pine Valley one day. He's actually a very nice guy. Uh, uh, David Faye, he should have never left, but, uh, anyway, you took over and then everything went downhill since then. It was time. He was ready to leave. And, yeah. uh, it's, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the organization has only gotten stronger. Really? 30 years, 30 years you've been there. 30 years, 30 years. You think that's a little stale? You think a little stale after 30 years? What do you think? 30? I mean, that's a little long time, isn't it? Uh, 32 years, but uh, only 10 years as the executive yeah. director of USGA. But um, yeah, Jerry was, Jerry was my partner and we were winning the member guests. Unfortunately, um, we had to concede the championship when I found that Jerry had been marking his ball on every green and replacing it with a ball that he liked to putt with. 
Oh, really? Is this a true story or not? I, I don't, I've never heard of this this story. Is this true? Don't really like to don't really like to make these things public. Well, but, okay. uh, yeah. We lost out on some very special prizes. Well, the putting ball. You lost Sorry out on what? A, a, Jerry, well, Jerry, Jerry was unaware of the rule, and I had to remind him of uh, rule fourteen point three point two, section A, paragraph three of the of the new of the new improved uh, simplified rules. No. It, it's just it this has always been a rule you yeah but it's, it's simplified same, so 14.3-2 paragraph whatever of the simplified rules of the usj that was that was one of your big accomplishments wasn't it was the revision of the leaving the pin in which uh, <laughs> due to the covid crisis i'm not going to claim to be a prophet and have foreseen this happening but uh, it's estimated that Leaving the pin in while golf has surged during the pandemic probably has reduced infection rates by 67.3%. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I'm sure, sure it has. Uh, that, it's made one. the game faster, too. We, well, it has we, made the, the game, game a little faster. Sped up. Yeah. There's no it's doubt about up that. And people love it. Yeah. Well, people, wondered, people wondered whether they'd like it or not, but they're coming around. You know, the change is difficult in some cases, but. Um, Usually, people will see the wisdom of our changes sometimes many years after the fact. Yeah, well, I I, I would have to say that I like the pin in, so I, I'll give you a little credit there. It's hard for me to do, but I'll give you a little little credit there. As one of the greatest teachers of all time, perhaps the greatest teacher of all time, Hank, uh, that is a supreme compliment coming from you, and I take that very seriously. And by the way, while we're uh, Speaking of how great a teacher you are, I'm looking at your latest volume. You are. I play golf for a lifetime. Oh, yes. really? I thank you for okay. the inscription in it. It was very touching. We uh, we have reserved a special spot in you the put United that in the States library? Golf Association Library. Yes, oh, you're in the library. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this Sunday Best of Edition on the Hank Haney Podcast. We will be back again tomorrow to react to the Sanderson Farms. I know Hank has an instructional show coming out this week. You can follow him on Twitter at Hank Haney. You can follow me on Twitter at Tim Parachka. And you can follow The Great Predictor at Great Predictor One. We appreciate you making the Hank Haney Podcast a part of your day. Follow the Hank Haney Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay safe and take care. We will be back again soon. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 